0: anyone noticed a few names missing from your regular viewings of this defense? Names you're used to hearing, faces and numbers you're used to seeing and applauding. Yeah, this isn't going to be all that comfortable. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into Hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The Steelers will be playing in Charlotte Sunday. That's a one o two p.m. kickoff at Bank of America Stadium. They'll obviously have home field advantage since nobody who lives there is from there, and who knows what to expect anymore? You know, who knows what to expect from any facet Of this football team, including the one where you might think to yourself, yeah, this really should have been the one area that was the most improved, the most improved run defense. And please, please don't come at me with the numbers. Please don't tell me that just a couple of weeks ago they were sixth in the NFL in run defense when it comes to yards per game. I don't care. I am watching this team the same way you are. I am watching it situationally, and when these guys take the field, knowing that they have to stop the run, in some cases knowing that there's going to be a run, they still can't do it. That's what we saw in this Baltimore game. It wasn't just about J.K. Dobbins and the couple of big runs that he had on that 48-yard drive that consisted of a 44-yard run by Dobbins and then a four-yard punch-in by Dobbins, one of the most embarrassing drives of the season, if not the most embarrassing one. It's also about how there just isn't that, that, that personality to it. There isn't that character that you're used to seeing when it comes to stopping the run. And it's now to the extreme that the opponent can have their third-string quarterback out there who'd never thrown an NFL pass in his life. The whole stadium knows a run is coming next. And given the way the Ravens had been running, they even know where it's coming 'Cause they'd been going inside right tackle all day, same play again and again and again and again, and on third and five they punched through yet another one, same spot. Cam Hayward talked about this afterward. Yeah, and that's the uh, the head scratcher, because you know um, you know everything's downhill. You should be knowing where it's going by that point, and. Uh, to not get off the field uh, and just give our offense one more chance. That, that stings the most. Do you hear that? Do you hear what he's saying? Do you hear and see the state of something that should be so fundamental, especially for this franchise, and wonder, why is that? What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, respect. Rigor. Relevance. That's the Point Park Pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Look, I'll pile on to Terrell Austin. He's done nothing to impress anybody as defensive coordinator. I'll parenthetically throw in Brian Flores, since everybody seems to have presumed that he'd be the de facto defensive coordinator. If he is, he probably shouldn't sign his name onto that piece of paper at the end of the year. And there's no way to omit Mike Tomlin, because we know how involved he is in the defensive schematics and calls. But I'm sorry, this is coming down to just tackling this is just coming down to the old James Harrison beat the man across from you philosophy. And they're not. They're not. None of them. Remember when Tyson alulu showed up healthy at camp and you thought, oh, here it is. This is the fix. I mean, everything went to heck the previous year whenever Tyson went down. So this is the solution. No, Tyson's 34 years old. He was not the solution. Wasn't even able to keep his starting job. Chris Wormley, nice player, gets you the occasional splash, so you kind of remember his name, at least for a spell. Not really much of a run stopper. Larry Ogunjobi has been, to his credit, playing through some issues, but he hasn't played great. He hasn't been a significant run stopper. Isaiah Loudermilk who was supposed to be that guy when they got all excited about drafting him. Vividly recall Kevin Colbert saying, when you have a chance to make a move to get an Isaiah Loudermilk, you do it. All right, he can't even get a helmet. All these other D-line guys. And then, and then there's this. All through 2021, when anything would go wrong on the line, and there was a lot that was going on, what would be the answer? Right. Move Cam there. Move Cam Hayward. Move him into a certain spot. Wherever it was that the Vikings were running with Dalvin Cook, there goes Cam. And then they would run away from Cam. And you could at least funnel people in a way. But is Cam, and I say this very respectfully, the same player that he was last year in this regard? I don't know. I don't know that he is. I don't believe that he is. I want to believe that he is because he is who he is, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it, and all I want to do today is to call attention to this because there is so much focus, and understandably so, on the offensive line because they're out there protecting Kenny Pickett, and they're out there whenever you have your hopes up that the Steelers are going to score points, and they're run blocking for another first-round pick. But the defensive line really, really needs a great big jump onto the reset button. Because ever since Stefan Tuitt's retirement, there's been nothing other than Cam remotely encouraging about anyone else associated with this group. And I have a feeling Cam and his broad shoulders got a little bit fatigued from carrying everybody for a couple years now draft o-line draft d-line draft trenches 2023 hashtag it do whatever you got to do with it when we come back j1q Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Tony, who asks, DK, it would seem that a good offense would go out of its way to copy plays that are run by successful teams. With film rooms and analysts being adept at breaking down films, I'd think that every offense has kind of a book-slash-card that says, when the defense is in this position, this play seems to work well against them. And I think that what you might have been suggesting on the Monday episode is that not only does Matt Canada not have such a card, but that maybe his entire cast of analysts don't know how to put the card together and communicate the plays to the huddle quickly. Or, if they are doing all of this, then maybe we have some really stupid skill players on offense. Uh, Tony, I'm going to steer 100 miles clear of the stupid players on offense because I don't believe it. I deal with these guys who are on offense, and they are not dumb. I reserve the right to withdraw that assessment whenever Deontay Johnson catches a pass and runs backward. But for the most part, it's a group that does the right thing in terms of awareness and or decision making. But this playbook is a coloring book. Not according to me, but according to people who are either currently inside the NFL, currently inside the headquarters at South Water Street, or have previously spent time in the NFL. They're the ones who look at it and say these types of things. And they know what they're viewing. And if I'm being blunt with everybody here, the part of Canada still being the coordinator that miffs me the most, that has me the most disillusioned about this management at this point in time is that. Every time they take the field with this guy as their coordinator, they're settling for less. And they know that. They know that. It's not like when I hear from so and so analyst who's up in the press box or so and so former player, or even again to repeat this, people inside their own headquarters. Look at this. Look at what this guy is doing. It's not as if Mike Tomlin can't see that for himself. No, he's not an offensive head coach. But when you're a lifer around football, you gain knowledge in all facets. And Tomlin knows. They all know. I can promise you, our Rooney knows. And yet, they're just allowing it to go on. And now there's going to be four more games of this. Now, you can say it doesn't matter, and you can mean it, too, if Kenny Pickett ends up not being available. And the last word on him yesterday, by the way, was that he's still in the protocol. He was visible around the locker room, but uh, reporters like me, you're not allowed to, by NFL regulations, to talk to players who are in the protocol. So I'll presume that there will be some form of update from Tomlin at his press conference today at noon. But if Kenny's not available and you're putting Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph or whatever out there, there's going to be this whole sense of, oh, well, kind of the way the game went Sunday against the Ravens after Kenny was out. It just it all feels really pointless other than, hey, let's beat the Ratbirds, right? There's no sense of, hey, let's get better. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing that. It's very, very different when Kenny's not in there. Why? Because Kenny's progress matters just a little bit. Najee Harris's progress matters just a little bit. The left side of the offensive line, Pat Fryermuth, you can go right on down the list. Not George Pickens, though. He doesn't count. Don't worry about him. He's not very good. And if you're taking, in essence, a quarter of an NFL schedule and just throwing it away, Throwing it away by having them operate under this coordinator and not get better, not understand what it means to run within an actual NFL offense designed by an actual coordinator, which I understand can't happen in the final quarter of a regular season, but at least to start doing some intelligent things and to be free of what this guy is drawing up and to really be free of his lack of awareness of who it is that needs to get the Ball because it's not just Pickens, it's also Friarmouth only being targeted six times against a defense that was begging to be beaten by a tight end, begging to be softened up by throwing over them. Yeah, Look what you did now. You got me all going on Canada. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Yeah.